time you come on over I just wanna listen I know you got some issues And I know that you just miss him I got a fever just to see you Feeling like a stalker And didn't know I'm really good At making you feel awkward Um, hi? Hi, it's Mutually <laughs> Awkward Podcast Episode 42 Yes. And yeah, we're back. We're back. Yeah. Yeah. We're back, America. Paige, yes. Paige, how's it going? It's all right. How's it going? Um, I'm sick. I uh-huh. I caught a cold because everyone at my job had a, like they were like passing around this horrible cold for the past week, and then like I was going, I was about to fly out to Boston on Thursday night, and I was like, please don't let me get it. Please don't let me get it. And I was fine for the whole trip. Except on the last day where I woke up with like horrible allergies and a runny nose and a snotty and, and, and I'm just like walking around the city with all my luggage just trying to like kill the, kill time waiting for my flight. Um, I'm getting better now, but my voice is having kind of like that deep, you know, kind of like Phoebe singing voice right now. You said you can't tell any difference though. Like I sound, I guess I sound the same. Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> you me, sound exactly the same. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, uh, I went to Boston this weekend, so there's and that. it looked awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a. It was a. It was crazy. It was a good time. Um, what did so? Okay, which? I mean, let's compare cities. <laughs> which did you prefer, Portland or Boston? Um, and zine fests, just let's why not? Let's do that. Okay, well, let's talk about the. Okay, and I feel like the zine scenes are different. Are definitely very different. Like in Boston, their zines were definitely more political minded, mm. more um, socially. Uh, like they, they care more about social issues, mm-hmm. and they're very anti capitalist. Okay. Like they like they were ta- like a lot of the talks were saying how, you know, they don't care about making money off their zines. The girl, the girl who was tabling next to me, she literally was like giving away her zines for free, or or wow. she was like, "Give me like," she's like, she was like, you know, you could give me a dollar you or if you want, but I'll pretty much just give them to you. So in Portland, I feel like they were more art centered and more mm-hmm. and, their, and their zines were more like comedic like they had a lot, a lot of more type, funny time which they definitely had at the boston zine fest but like even okay so day one of the zine fest it was really rad it was at a different location um it was kind of like in this art space called um makeshift boston and the whole day was pretty much uh workshops like art workshops um like i made this cool little art piece with like shaving cream and like and stuff it was really cool mm-hmm. and um and then they had like then they had like a speaking panel uh which was called like it was called like something like radical resistance and it was mm-hmm. like it was like made to like talk about using zines to explore like fucked up well fuck yeah i mean it's actually said, like fucked up social norms mm-hmm. and um it, and um yeah and then um that was pretty rad i met a lot of cool people um it was it was funny because like I was kind of awkward because I was I kind of wandered in not knowing anybody and stuff, mm-hmm. and then um, so I just saw like one girl who was by herself. So I kind of did an awkward walk by her. Then I turned around. I'm like, oh, hey, hi. 
<laughs> so rather than just go up to be like, hey, you walked by, turned turn, around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so she, her name was, she was the first friend that I made there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of like ended up talking for a long time. And um, I guess we, we kind of unspokenly decided like, all right, we're going to be hanging out together for this whole thing. So, which was, uh, like, which was funny, um, just because there was, like, um, I mean, it, it was funny because it was, because, like, you, usually when you're, like, you're, like, talking to people, you kind of, like, move on and talk to other people, right? Yeah. Well, we were in this thing where, like, we were, like, oh, I'm going to go do this and then come back. Or, like, we would wait for each other while doing stuff. So, it was, it was Aww. really fun. It was kind of, it was kind of awkward, but kind of funny, too. That's what I that's what I like too because I get really scared in these situations so I always feel like you have to find a buddy yeah <laughs> like yeah. a buddy system um <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah that's exactly what it was and um she 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 didn't sell zines but she started making zines because she had a friend who moved to a different state and they started making zines for each other and then mailing them oh. to each other to keep like updates on their lives. Mm-hmm. So kind of like what we do with the podcast, but in zine form, so, which was pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I met some other cool people. Um, I met this other, one of the panelists. Uh, his name was He was, he, he was actually, he was, he, he's, re, he's a, a, a barista from Toronto who had flew out there. Wow. And um, he, he, he was, he was talking about, I guess his zines are really political and like mm-hmm. he was afraid that he would get angry and um, pass out or something. He was very he was, he was very uh, he he was very Jewy. Wait, he would get angry and pass out. Yeah, like if anyone challenges his beliefs. Oh, yeah. okay. I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. But he was really cool because like he because he, he was kind of like me where he's like half Hispanic, half Jewish. Uh huh. So you know we had that bonding thing there, and um, mm-hmm. and I talked to him about my brothers journeys in Israel and stuff and um yeah the whole first day was really rad like just meeting cool that and th- that's one thing I liked over Portland how the Boston Zine Fest they had like the workshops and the readings and all the activities on a separate day than the tabling day which in at the Portland Zine Fest is all in what all together happening so I missed out on a lot oh, of stuff oh I see so that w- I was really and I even told one of the presenters like yeah that's really cool how you guys did that um, after the Zine Fest, I met my second cousin for the first time, <laughs> which was cool. Uh-huh. Um, which, you know, like he, I didn't realize there was like, I had any cool family members. And, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, but yeah, cause like, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a video editor too. Whoa! I, I think I told you that before, right? No, but yeah, but I forgot. Yeah, yeah, he works as a video <laughs> editor too. He's been living in Boston for like you know, over like years, decades, and like he was. How old is he? He's forty-one. Uh huh. But he's gay, so he lives a very youthful like lifestyle. Like I wouldn't. What? Even, I wouldn't even believe that he's like that much older because he's just really grad. Um, is his name? Vincent. Like we're both named Vincent. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> um. What's his name? Am- oh, okay. <laughs> uh, 
he's, so he's my uh, I have another cousin named Matt, which is who's not as cool. But uh, okay. well, actually, the one in Boston, he's technically my second cousin. He's my dad's cousin. He's, okay. And so the cool thing was he was actually that, that night that we met. So we met for the his, oh so the first time we met was wild because I I think he had met me when I was a little kid or something. But he had messaged uh-huh. me on Facebook like maybe four years ago and like hey I'm your second cousin. And you're a video editor, dude. What the fuck? So am I. And I'm like, whoa, what is it crazy? Like, because like, you know, when it, whenever I tell people like I have an editor cousin in Boston, they think, oh, I must have followed in his footsteps. But no. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I, that's why I was like, because I forgot you said that. So that's why I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's the cool thing. And um, he's like a super huge Star Wars fan. Like, we had deep discussions about Star Wars, and I was just reading a Star Wars novel, and he's read a bunch of Star Wars books. So, like, we were just having, like, lots of talk about Star Wars. Wow, you guys are, like, the same person. That's why I feel like you didn't know, like, after all this time, you know what I mean? Like, after, like, your whole life. He's literally who I want to be when I'm, like, 41. Like, he, like... Because he lives like a really cool life, and, mm-hmm. and, and he, you know, he's had a great life living out in Boston all this time. And um, so yeah. Anyway, he was doing like some photography stuff for his job at this other art festival that was happening that night, called um, Illuminus, which was taking mm-hmm. like, was right, which was like right outside of um, Fenley Fenley Stadium, the baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. And since he was working it, like he was able to score me a media badge. So I got to wow. I got to I got to wear it and like skip all the lines. Because <gasps> like, like we split up for that part because like he was like taking photos and, and in work mode, so I just I, I was free to wander around and um, yeah, that was really rad. Like I just got to skip all the lines, see all the art exhibitions. They had this really cool one where like you could walk out to like do the baseball player um entrance, and they have this exhibition where like the entire arena would blow up like cheering for you, and all the lights will be on you. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, it was really, yeah, and like people were going in groups, so if they were by themselves, they would go by themselves. I just went up and I took a bow, and I'm like, yeah. And then the people in line were like cheering, cheering me on. That was really, I, that was really fun, and um, and uh, yeah, the next day after, so and after that we went out for drinks and we had pizza for dinner, and then. Um, the next day was like day two of the Zine Festival, and um, that's where we, you know, I was tabling. Mm-hmm. Um, and the girl who was sitting next to me, she was the one who was giving away her zines. She was really mm-hmm. cool. All her, a lot of her zines were just one page zines, and they were all about the gigs that she goes to, and like, mm-hmm. photo, and, like interviews with bands. Um, like Colleen Green was like probably the most well known musician because she she lives in LA now, mm-hmm. and you know she had like. And it gave me an idea. I want to make a. I should. I need. I want to make a zine about like my favorite gigs of the year or something like that. Now. Yeah, I have a bunch of so like because remember we had talked about like 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 presents or something like that. Yeah. I have more ideas of stuff I want to make too. That would be kind of like quick and easy compared to like like yeah actual issue and stuff and yeah. So I'll tell you them later. Yeah, we don't want to bore people with the podcast. We really yeah. make zines. But, um, so yeah. Our podcast is just like, zines central. Yeah. Um, and the day two of the zine festival was at Simmons College. And it was like this really nice campus, beautiful trees. This was definitely the nicest zine festival building I've ever been in. And the festival was really cool. I bought and traded a shitload of zines and... Um, you know, had a lot of good talks with people. 
Um, people are really friendly, and um, everyone's saying how Chicago Zine Fest is the one that would be a routed checkout next because apparently that's a really good one. Um, yeah. Um, no Wait, one, which one? Chicago? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So apparently that's a good one. Nobody wow. bought. Nobody bought any of our pins, <laughs> which was a. Uh, I like your silence on the other end to that reaction right there. I'm, I'm actually crying right now. <laughs> why? You know, one of the pins, I don't know why, because you posted them, right? Yeah. And one of them is his bird, right? Yeah. And the thing is, it's so funny because it's like, that wasn't a like-like pin. I don't know why my mom insisted on making it. It's, it was my logo when I was 14. No, no, when I was, no, I was 11. So I created this logo for myself and I would sign it on all my homework pages and everything. And I guess I, my mom found it and she made it into a pin. But I'm like, that has nothing to do with like, like. <laughs> I was like, why is that there? <laughs> but, um, um, oh, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they'll be good for promotional pieces now, I guess. Yeah. Or we could, um, but did anyone buy a zine? Oh, you said you traded mostly. No, but people bought zines. Um, oh, okay. The first, oh, it was awesome because the first girl who bought, um, she bought an issue of like zine. She was reading uh-huh. through it, and she and she was like, "Oh, this story's so funny." And I thought she was gonna be talking about Michael's story, but no, she was talking about my doppelganger story. She's like, "Was this?" It's like, it's like, it's like, "Wait, is this supposed to be funny?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Oh, it's hilarious!" And then she bought it, and I'm like, "Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome." Um, yes. A girl who was born in Hong Kong, she bought like like. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like. We talked a little bit, but I didn't know she was. No, she didn't buy. It. She be traded, and I didn't mm-hmm. know she was from Hong Kong until I read her zine. Oh. Which was all, which, um, yeah, cause she, it, it, like, she had asked me about, like, how, how did the zine get, because the science is Hong Kong and stuff on there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, when, when we actually traded, I, I read it, I saw that she was born in Hong Kong. Um, so, cool. yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Um, oh, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, the first day I, I arrived in Boston, I, I, uh, so I arrived at six in the morning that day. I went to my hostel, went to sleep. Woke up around 1 p.m. and I was like, you know what? Right now I'm not excited for Boston. I really want to go to Salem. So I took a train out to Salem. Oh, yeah. And Paige, holy shit. Okay, so Salem. Salem. Salem's a really nice town. It was rainy kind of. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's a, and and um, there was, like, witchcraft shops everywhere and psychic stores everywhere. And they were decorated for Halloween because, like, obviously this is, like, the big time of year. And, yeah, it's just a really it's a really strange but cool town um and, it, and, it, and i was like getting the feel of like my first uh new england autumn there wow which, which was really ni- it was I'm really so nice jealous. um and even and there's a lot of historical stuff like in salem i walked by this random plaque and it said oh alexander grand bell once tutored an 11 year old boy in this building like way back <laughs> <when>. <laughs> Because, you know, it's, like, so close to, you know, it's all it's all founding father kind of stuff there. So like, Yeah, but it's so, ra- it's like he tutored somebody in this building. It's like he took a shit in this building. Like, it's true. But, you know, it is kind of cool, though, because, you know, yeah. be from the West Coast, we're, like, from the, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're from the state where everyone wanted to get away from that shit. They went as far away as possible. So being around, being in a city where, um, you know, that kind of stuff is celebrated, it was kind of cool. I think that's probably also why, um, because you're so close to, like, Washington, D.C. and all the political stuff, that maybe makes sense why most of the zines there are more 
politically oriented. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Salem was really rad. If you ever go to Boston, I really recommend going because, you know, people got hung there for witchcraft. I mean, that's some cool fucked up shit. And, um, I, yeah. 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 Like definitely um, go. And um, everyone there, okay. For us, for Boston in general, general, really cool town. Um, the first, when I got there, it was really cloudy. And it, it kind of reminded me of Philadelphia and Rocky, like kind of like, kind of like rough and hard edged, you know? Mm-hmm. Was it cold? It was cold. It was like, I mean, it wasn't freezing, like unbearably cold, but it's like for their autumn, it's like, the, it's, it's as cold as California. It's the coldest we get in LA. Shit. Okay. But I was still, um, wa- I was still walking around with like just my flannel on and like. Cor- of course you were. And I put, and I put my hoodie on and hence yeah. I have a cold now. You rolled down your sleeves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... Wait, wait, wait. Do you think I would like it in Boston? Yeah, I think you would. I mean, there's no reason not to like it. Like, it's uh, the the architecture is beautiful. The build, you know, all these old style buildings. Um, everyone has accents, like these hard, these harsh <laughs> Boston accents. You know, they don't pronounce their R's. So you know. Everyone get off the get off the get off the train, you know, like kind Wait, of like they a, don't say train, they say twain. Yeah, twain. Get off the yeah, yeah, get off the twain. Like the, the really? not, even even in the air even in the airport, you know, like you know, ah, terminal five, you fuck on terminal five, you know. Like, terminal, um, terminal, fi- <laughs> I mean, I'm doing a horrible, I mean, anyone, okay, listeners, just YouTube Boston accent if you've ever been to Boston, or, you know, if you watched any Boston, I mean, you know, I've been watching Cheers a lot lately, so, you know, you, you get a taste of it there, um, even, um, so, like, my, sh- my hostel had a shuttle to the nearest subway station every 30 minutes, and the mm-hmm. shuttle was just, like, a guy driving his van, all the people to the subway station, and he would like go. He would have the same spiel over and over. Like, all right, now if you look to your right, you're gonna see the largest peanut butter factory in the USA. So, and you know, since I'm sitting in a hostel, like there's like Europeans there and like people from Asia. So they're like, so next time you guys back home, you just tell you tell your folks that you saw the largest peanut butter place in the USA. <laughs> <laughs> um, but people are really friendly there. Okay. And um, I think I'm more in demand in general because, like, I, I, you know, I just tried Tinder for, like, five seconds. And I was getting matched, like, crazy. Like, not, <laughs> five, like, You just tried on for five seconds and everyone's like, yes. Dude, and, and this girl, like, you know, this girl, this never happens in LA. This girl initiated a conversation with me. I mean, and she was, she had, like, a crazy, like, you know, voluptuous body, like, really hot. <laughs> um, I kind of rolled my eyes because the first thing she asked was, um, what's your, uh, What's your astrology sign? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck. But I told her anyway because she was hot. But and, <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, so, so like, what part of Boston do you live in? And so I'm like, I'm actually visiting from LA. She's like, oh, you don't live here? Gonna have to unmatch ya. So she so really, she, yeah. yeah. Uh... I mean, it was no worries. I wasn't planning on going out. I just wanted to see what like you, I, you know. I just wanted to see what uh, the options were like in this town. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, well, Boston sounds pretty cool. Um, maybe, yeah, I should consider, I could, should consider it maybe. I mean, yeah, I would love to live there in the future. Hmm. And I think it's definitely more realistic than uh, New York because New York oh, yeah, is like, for sure. 
And I, one thing I liked about because I, I mean, New York's the, you know it's a great city and all, but but Boston has the same East Coast feeling, but it doesn't have the pretentiousness of mm. New York, which I really yeah. like. And it's still like a melting pot of different people. I mean, I mean, obviously there's people from everywhere, so not everyone had the accent, but but um, you know, it, it feels like a really good town, and I felt like a lot of people there had like a pretty good heart there, and um, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good vibes. Um, it's a different feeling. I don't know. It's a different feeling than Portland, obviously, because mm-hmm. Portland's still in the West Coast, and Portland is more nature, more nature, more naturey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about I was just thinking. I mean, I was just thinking, like, oh, I really love making zines. Like, I never thought. You know, when we started making zines, like what three years ago? Yeah. Never thought it would allow me to like travel, which is like I know, you know, and like go to all these places. Like, you know, traveling is like one of my favorite things to do. So like, I never thought it would connect to it. So, so cool. And meeting people from all over. So yeah, um, you're bipolar. We have, there's that. Oh my God. <laughs> Are we going to talk about that? Do you want to talk about it? Um, yeah, I don't mind. I mean, that was kind of the biggest news that I had, but <laughs> that's a weird announcement. Like, so, <laughs> and what's going on in Paige's world? Yeah, so, um, I don't know if I, I think I kind of vaguely, uh, like, t- like, scratched the surface that I was not having uh, a great time this these past few uh, months, I guess. Um, but I didn't really get into it because I didn't, um, I didn't really want to talk about it. But the other day, so yesterday I was walking home and I knew I'd be podcasting and suddenly I remember what you told me that <laughs> Michael said that I don't go into the dark places as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. And so I had thought, I was like, you know what, I might, I think I'll, I'll talk about it just because I don't know. I think, I mean, cause actually I didn't tell, I barely told anyone that I knew here about it. Because I just didn't want to talk about it, you know. But I felt like I this. I mean, this podcast is for me has been. I mean, it's been quite cathartic, and I feel like maybe I could you know reach out and like and find a community or something. I don't know, some sort of like support thing or whatever. So I was like, okay, I think I want to talk about it. So um, yeah, so for the past couple of months, I've been really down, and I think in August was when it got really bad, where I felt like I, I was seriously really depressed, and it felt different than when I would you know get down on the in the dumps for a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had told some people around me, and they all said, I really think you should see a counselor, or and. Actually, I'm not new to counseling. I've been seeing a counselor since I was 15, and I stopped when I moved to Hong Kong. So um, it kind of made sense that I should probably see one. So I started seeing a counselor um, maybe, it's been maybe like a, a couple weeks, three weeks, I think. And he told me, I think you should see a psychiatrist and start maybe considers to take like medication and I actually actually I've taken medication antidepressants before when I was younger and I just didn't I just stopped taking them because I didn't want to I was I had this fear of taking medication I don't know it just kind of weirds me out that like I need this thing to control my mood or whatever you know so um I stopped taking it and then um but yeah so I saw a counselor on Monday I mean I went to psychiatrist on Monday and it was this extensive 
interview, I guess. And I actually, I did not like the doctor. I thought he was not very, I mean, I, I felt like he was doing his job. He was very thorough, but they had given me three options for a psychiatrist. And I chose the cheapest one because that's, it's so, it's still really expensive. Like the first consultation, it was like 1200 Hong Kong dollars. That's like, like about a hundred us dollars for that. And, and I don't think they, I don't think counseling and stuff is deducted from insurance. But anyways, so um, he asked me a billion questions about myself. And finally, he was like, okay, so how would you feel if I put you on medication? And I was like, well, yeah, I guess I'd be fine with it. That's why I came here. And he's like, yeah, because you have some, like, components of bipolar. And that really shocked me because I guess, I mean, it's, I mean, this is me mostly. Like, I, I've heard of, I think I've always been interested in um, kind of, mental illnesses or disorders or something um because psychology just in general really interested me and for whatever reason I think because I do have people in my family who are bipolar and they're extremely violent and they're just it's they're just kind of scary so I think I always associate that word with that type of person and I'm not that type of person um so but just to have that label kind of put onto me I think I was in the beginning, I got real. I was in, I would say for the first hour, I was in major denial. Like I remember, I I called like text. I text. I well, no, I called my sister, and I was convinced that the doctors were lying to me. And then she freaked out because she thought I was stating that I was being lied to. But then I was like, oh no, no, it was just me. Like just I was, I'm in so much denial about it, you know. And then mm-hmm. um, and also I was afraid to take the medication because I just. Because he, he had to put me on two med- two types of medication. One is um, kind of like a daytime, the main antidepressant. And then the second one is to help me sleep, but it also helps me control my mood. And so I think just having to take two kind of freaked me out. But then after the first day, I was like, okay, um, I felt like it really helped. Um, and... I feel because I think for me, it just kind of made me less anxious. I mean, I still feel like myself. I think that was what I was afraid of. Because one of the questions he asked me was like, I think he asked if I got excited over trivial things. And I was like, yeah, I get super excited. Like, and I was telling him why I would get excited about stuff. And then, but that really bothered me that he, that was kind of like, you shouldn't be overly excited about something. And I was like, but I like getting excited about stuff. But um, I, I guess, I don't know. Anyway. That's really, I still, wait, can I just interject one little thing? Yeah. That's interesting because I I feel like I get excited over the smallest things too, and I always thought that was a good thing. Like I was like, oh, I'm excited about life. But life is kind of a big thing because <laughs> I would be like, yeah, I get really excited about eggs. Yeah, I, dude. As soon as you said that, I was thinking That's... eggs too. Yeah. Or like, but like having like I had a donut this morning, and I was just like really happy about eating a donut in the morning. And even when I walked in, my coworkers were like. Vince, hey, morning, Vince, how's it going? It's like, I just had a, an amazing donut. But I guess, no, because I think, I mean, that's different. So, yeah, I think that's a great thing. To, you're really optimistic, you're positive, you know? But I feel like I do get, like, I could get really hyper. I, I Actually, I think I always suspected I was bipolar, but I just didn't believe Because I think I'm obviously not, like, severely bipolar because it would be more, like, probably evident, I, th- I guess. But actually, as a kid, I was more on the um like manic side you know like I was I actually had anger problems growing up 
and I managed to control that as an adult. But I think that I do get really hyperactive about things. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think that's kind of like, I guess it's one of those signs. I don't know. And then, but then I think what follows that is then the depression. Um, anyways, I, I don't know too much about it. Like I, that's actually something I haven't really studied too much. So I don't want to say like I'm an expert on this stuff, but long story short, I'm that that means I'm now I really can't drink because oh yeah I, yeah I think I mentioned how I stopped drinking right no oh I didn't okay so a cup so when the depression was really bad I just decided I probably I because you know like drinking is a depressant so I had a feeling I was just like I should just stop drinking because I I was getting to this point where I was binge drinking you know and I would just get really hammered and then really depressed because of it and it was getting and so I knew I was like okay I'm getting really like sad and just like crying all the time and maybe if I stop drinking that's at least one element I can remove and try to deal with my whatever I'm going through so I decided to stop drinking in social situations it's really difficult because I guess the thing is before I never had a problem with drinking like I was a very I thought I was a really responsible drinker I could drink when I'm and when I got to good like level of being drunk or buzzed I just stopped but since moving here and since also socializing with people that I didn't feel very comfortable with I started to drink in order for in order to you know be social be more outgoing and stuff and then they start to and then you hang out with people who drink a lot and then so I not because I didn't they never really peer pressured me but then I just felt like yeah they're drinking I should keep drinking and then it just got out of hand um and I think just if you're I mean if you're sad and depressed drinking doesn't help you know it kind of makes it worse so but now that I'm I'm literally medicated 24 7 I probably shouldn't drink because one of the side effects to the sleeping the like nighttime medication is that I lose muscle tension mm-hmm. and I finally felt that yesterday and it was not cool I mean it's like during the day I just felt like I was floaty and just weird and stuff and today I feel better which is good but um if I'm already feeling that I probably should not be adding alcohol to this yeah auction so I mean in a way that's like a good now I feel even more like because before it was like I was like I'm not gonna drink but I would feel like I couldn't trust myself, you know what I mean? Like, and I had to, actually friends would tell me like, hey, you said you weren't going to drink, so maybe, you know, like they would kind of be the wall for me. But now I have this that I'm like, I seriously shouldn't drink or do anything because that could lead to something really bad. And I don't want that to happen. So, yeah. No, like, it's funny linking like alcohol to depression. Um, I was just listening to this other podcast that I like called uh, Frank and Eric. And he was talking about how, like, when he was depressed, he didn't want to drink. Um, because he said, um, I felt like when I was, like, really depressed that it was important for me to feel it and feel things and, like, feel this sadness. So I didn't want to, like, drown it out in alcohol. And, um, you know, that kind of, for me, that kind of makes sense. Because, like, I mean, there was a time, you know, I was depressed for a while. And I was drinking a lot to drown it out. But, you know, there's a certain point where you, yeah, like, I realized this is not good. I'm, I'm kind of turning into a fuck up fucked up kind of person and i and i think when you're i think in when like one's feeling depressed when you like avoid alcohol and you kind of do face that depression head on 
it does it does like lead for you to like kind of think about it more and, and try to get to the bottom of it and yeah I definitely think like drowning one's sorrows as tempting as it is is it, you know it, it is a bad idea yeah and the thing is though like because alcohol because I, so I had to talk with my sister about it and she was telling me she was warning me because she was like you know alcoholism runs in her family you know and you shouldn't do this and she also said but it's not about the alcohol really it's about like people use the alcohol as a coping mechanism because they can't yeah they can't deal with it so they just have they kind of escape from it because i'm because when i do drink and i get really drunk and i'm sad i mean i feel it like times a thousand at that moment you know but then i wake up and i'm like what happened i don't remember you know but then it's just yeah it's it's like, yeah, like you, ha- you want to be strong enough mentally and physically to be like, okay, I'm feeling really bad right now and I can get through this without, it's not even the help of alcohol, but alcohol is like what, a crutch or a di- like a distraction or whatever and stuff. And yeah, so. I mean, yeah, like. Cause it's also get you know you know what they call it liquid confidence right yeah um I don't I don't know I, I was listening to this other podcast about like overcoming that panic and like instead of using alcohol they were saying kind of like put yourself in the shoes of an actor and like you know if you don't mm-hmm. feel if you feel nervous around new people or you feel like you can't handle the situation just you know turn it into something creative and become an actor. And, and in that way, you could kind of loosen up, you know, because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're playing a part at that point, you know, mm. and it's kind of an alternative choice and just like, you know, getting completely wasted and drunk to loosen up. Yeah. Um, and along those lines, I've been trying to cut back on drinking just because, you know, I, before when I would go out with friends, I would end up spending too much money on, on booze. Yeah. And I'm like, the last night was not even worth it. So I've been trying to practice the technique of just letting it sit on one beer, just letting it, just order a drink and just sit on it for hours on end. That's actually, cause even that too, like, I remember, um, I used to be, I used to be that person. Yeah. I would have one drink and everyone, and I never, I never had to worry about overspending because I was like, I got my one drink. So I only spent money on one drink and somehow like later on, recently it was just became one drink only led to more drinks so I couldn't like I remember on my birthday I was like maybe I should drink you know because everyone's gonna be drinking and it's my birthday but then it's like is that really a good idea will you really stop yourself after one glass of wine you know what I mean it's like or will I just use it as be like you know what I'm fucked and then just start or like you know like, I'm drunk enough, let, let's order more. You know, like, I don't know, and I couldn't trust myself. Um, and I feel like at this point, at one point it became a test of, like, can I just not drink under pressure? And now it's become, like, I just I just don't want to drink right now. Like, I don't want to drink. I don't know when, like, everyone, because whenever friends are like, oh, you're not drinking, and then I just tell them, yeah, I'm trying to be healthy or whatever because I don't want to get into it. Um and then they're like, when are you going to stop? It's like, I don't know. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> don't say, you know, you know, you know, instead of saying healthy, you know what you say? I'm what? fucking straight edge. <laughs> I'm straight edge. Yeah, I'm straight edge now, so. I'm straight I edge. Drink. Like, I don't do that. That will, 
You know, you can't question that at all. I'm straight edge. Drinking is beneath me. I don't do that shit. No. <laughs> and then, and then, like three months later, I'm like drinking again. Like I don't know. <laughs> but you know, I'm I've always subscribed. I call it myself semi straight edge, because mm-hmm. obviously I do drink, but I you know I, I admire the straight edge lifestyle, and um, you know I don't like drinking a lot. I think that's what we should call it. Since we talked a lot about drinking, that's what this episode should be called. Uh, maybe semi-straight edge. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that, all right, guys. We got that, that part of the way. But, um, yeah, just say I'm straight edge now. I'm not drinking anymore. <laughs> Don't even ask. And then, order, and then order a Coke. And I drink it while staring at them right in the eye. Or order, like, a glass of milk. I know. Or something. <laughs> you know... I would be, you know, I would, you know, I would just be the guy just carrying a carton of chocolate milk wherever I go. I'd be like, yeah. Maybe I should, maybe I should do that. Like carry like, like a flask and drink from it. Everyone's like, oh, what are you drinking? I have some and it's like apple juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be your drink. Apple juice. Apple juice. <laughs> For me, it would be chocolate milk. So that's kind of like a random kind of quirky kind of comedy that I like I'll just be carrying a you know a carton of chocolate milk with me everywhere I go pull it up in the bar maybe um I would drink actually I'm not a big fan of apple juice I, I prefer orange juice more I, I'll just drink orange juice or or I don't know <laughs> you, you see a cute guy at the bar like hey bartender I'm buying him a glass of orange juice <laughs> send it down his way <laughs> Yeah, I, I know that, that's a. Yeah, there. Yeah, I would just say, yeah, orange juice. Keep it in a flask everywhere you go. Sip on it. I just feel like at a certain point, it would not be good enough to drink anymore, right? Like if you have it the whole day, you don't put it in the <laughs> fridge. It's gonna taste like shit. It's gonna be like rotten. <laughs> yeah, that would make an interesting. That would make an interesting zine. It would be like a non-drinking zine, like my. My adventures through avoiding alcohol and like, it would definitely lead to good stories because like you know of seeing drunk friends while you're the sober one. Yeah, actually, um, so I, <laughs> one thing that's helped. So since my birthday, I have not really gone out at all. I think I went out one more time for did I don't know if I mentioned it the last time, but um, I was I mean this is before I sought help and everything, so I was very like insecure. I had a lot of anxiety. And I kept thinking I'd be pressured to drink, but of course no one pressured me. Um, and I did. I just drank my put my mango lassi, and it was awesome. But I did. I didn't engage in conversation. I was being very like just withdrawn. But at the same time, I couldn't. I was just like you know, just do what you're comfortable with. Like I didn't want to put any more pressure on myself. Yeah. Um. But now that I'm feeling a bit more like, a bit better, I'm just like okay. But the thing is, I haven't. I have not gone out at all. Like if someone invites me out. I know there will be drinks. I just say like, no, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather work on my own stuff. I literally like, actually, that's been really fun. So every weekend now, my now that I have a working laptop, my mission is to find a cafe and just do work. And it's been, I really enjoy that. The only problem is honestly, there's there like the cafes here. Like cafe culture is not as big as it is anywhere else. Like some places don't have Wi-Fi. Some places don't have outlets. Coffee super expensive, no refills. 
And on a Saturday, every place is packed. Like I tried, I went to the library on Saturday and every seat was taken. I had to sit on this couch for like an hour. And then I was like, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. And why am I even here? And I, left. I just went home, you know, it was easier. <laughs> but that's been kind of my, my latest hobby. <laughs> Being a cafe person and working in a cafe. And trying to find the perfect cafe. Yes, that's been the mission. Find the perfect cafe. Have you ever yeah. gone to that one that I used to go to? Um, that one in Yamate with like five stories of like. Oh uh, yeah, I've I've been there, and um, actually one day I was, um, my friend suggested because we were at Kubrick, and she's like, oh maybe we can move there, but she says it's not great for working because she said it's a good place to hang out, but. Because she was saying there aren't many outlets and stuff. And oh, yeah. That's did you true. used to work there or did you just hang out there? I, I think I worked there once and it was kind of hard. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Like the best place to work in Hong Kong is probably, at this point, still probably Kubrick. But for me, it's like, um, sometimes I just want it to be in my neighborhood, you know what I mean? Like I just want to walk out and find a place. Yeah. Like there's some days where I'm like, I, I want to make this adventure and go out there. But some days I'm like... But I was just, I walked home that day from the library just to see if there were any cafes along the way. And literally every place was, it was, it was hard. Like there was, I remember I walked into this place and asked, do you guys have outlets? And she's like, no. What's the point? My laptop's dying. Which so, library did you go to? The, um, the one we used to go to, the one by Victoria Park. So the big one, the main one. Yeah. Have you tried any of the smaller libraries? Because there's other libraries that are all over the place. Oh. Like other, other branches. No, I haven't actually. Yeah, maybe um, like maybe you should try. Yeah, maybe try to find that one, like okay. one of those ones, like the smaller ones. Okay, this is gonna be my mission: is to find my coffee shop, my place. Because I do like the idea of getting. Well, I can't drink. I don't drink coffee anymore. So a tea. I like to have a tea, and have my workstation feel really like productive and stuff. So yeah, That's so my life. That, that actually, that, that's another possible zine right there, like, the search for the perfect cafe. And then I can include little maps. Yeah. And, like, stuff around the area or, like, tips on what to order. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. See, I, I'm, like, really into, like, turning everything into a zine right now. Like, <laughs> you are. <laughs> okay, can I, can I, I'll just tell you my idea for, because I met up with Ivy on Sunday. Yeah. And she brought me all these zines. And um, I was, like, looking through them and stuff. And there was one thing that I really liked. It was so simple. So it was this guy. I guess he went traveling over a course of – actually, I don't know. I don't know. But, like, he went traveling and he took these Polaroid pictures or just regular pictures. And he just put them in the zine. But I think what he did was he, like, arranged them on a piece of paper, then hand-wrote a caption for each picture, and then scanned it. And that was the zine. And I loved it because – it's weird because I, I have all these pictures from my, like, vacations that I've never even, like, developed them from my film and stuff, like, with my film camera. And I'm always like, what am I going to do with these pictures? Like, no one's going to care, you know? But suddenly, like, with this guy, he had pictures of him with random people and he had, like, little, like, captions like, oh, like, these are some jerk these are some jerks I met in, like, Croatia or whatever. Like, and he would put in, like parentheses seriously they were not nice or they were not cool or something and then there was another one where he's like my, me and my new friends I met in like Ireland I really like the girl on the right and you're just like it's just little personal things you know that I was like 
I like I really I was so inspired by it and I think I'm gonna do that with so that was my next idea is to print my photos or something and then I might not like it's probably easier for me to just because I have them already like scanned and stuff to just do it and but make it really quick and easy and just you know that's my next thing that sounds good yeah um yeah I, I remember how I said I want to do a zine about your your sad tweets yes I can, I think I want to expand on that and just make a whole zine about being bummed out okay and so I think that's what I'm going to do because I have like yes yeah, I, I, I kind of want to put my depressed stuff in there too cause, yeah because I, I I don't tweet when I'm depressed but I get pretty sad all the time I just don't put mm-hmm. it out there and I'm, I'm not good at doing that like that's why you kind of inspired me because you're really good at like expressing yourself. But when I'm kind of depressed, I kind of just fall into this black hole and like don't come out for a while. So but, what, do you have writings or do you? I have like comic ideas mm. and like, I guess just maybe just put just putting out how I feel in different, in different mediums. I think I want to, I, I want to tr- attempt of doing like a shitty comic. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. And like yeah. and maybe do a little story or something and then yeah, something like that. So that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna happen. Oh, fuck, I just gotta find so I just gotta like find time. I think Yeah. Yeah. I like I, I the apartment hut is still is still hard. I haven't because oh, every there's something, <laughs> there's, something to, there's something to do every weekend, so I never have time yeah. to do it. Like this weekend is my fr- next weekend is my friend's wedding, my first wedding ever going I'm ever going to. Wow. Uh-huh. So this weekend is like his bachelor party, mm-hmm. and um, I, well, one of my friends she was apartment hunting for me. Like she gave me a list of something places to call, uh, but now I'm sick right now, so I keep us put off. So, uh, yeah, I think I think I so right, until I find a place and could get rid, cut out this long commute I have every day, yeah. it's it's a, it's really hard to like get uh get all my personal projects going. Like even with the zine we're making right now, like it's it's uh it's been I I always have to fit it all into one day and just work like crazy on it. No, that's how I've been doing things. Actually, for me too, I'm struggling because I've been wanting to get my portfolio up, you know, to job hunt and stuff like that. But I seriously have not had the time because every weekend I work on like like which I want to, it's fine. But then at some point I get pulled into like other projects. So like mostly freelance stuff you know and which is again it's good because then I'm like okay it's more work for the portfolio but then I never have a chance to actually update my portfolio or work on it and stuff because I also don't want to spend my entire weekend just working like so yeah I do everything in one day so I have another day of rest or whatever you know um and but it's like yeah I'm finding less time to do these things and I've already kind of set up a routine during the week that I just don't really want to do any work because i'm already working you know so it's kind of like i don't know when (laughs) it's just kind of shitty yeah yeah i just think we need an extra day in the week i know seriously or you know you know what they should do it's like like a 40 hour work week right Mm -hmm. so they should just do 10 hours a day for four days and then we'll get no work on fridays like yeah, that. like a three-day weekend. So you have like two days to do like like two different things or whatever, and then one day would do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I mean, fucking okay. That's what we gotta gotta get in there. Like fucking tell Bernie Sanders, like, all right, we want this. 
Yeah, like seriously, like I feel like so so today I saw this post that my cousin liked or reposted on Facebook. And a part of me I was like like kind of pissed off about it because there was this whole thing about like how oh you shouldn't like stay at work like you should leave work on time because I mean it was about like oh spending time with your family is more important blah 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 but one part they were saying oh if you work late you're a fool because you can't like plan out your time efficiently and I mean some people do they do that but I was like for me like recently I've been really annoyed at work it's because they just pile on more shit so it's not like I can't manage my time I feel like I'm just being overworked so I can't like leave on time you know what I mean and that's what I'm like but that's kind of a problem like why do people like employees or employers like they just pile on more work and now I think I have to work this Saturday you know and I'm just like yeah like they don't cut back on anything or give me in fact now they're kind of controlling my time even like squeezing my time even further mm-hmm. and I'm like this is wrong like this is wrong like we shouldn't I'm not a machine, you know, like I have a life and there's, I'm going to probably write an email and say, I'd rather work on Saturday because I don't want to to sacrifice my weekdays because I have stuff to do after work. You know, I don't want to sacrifice that stuff for work. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you you tell them, you know, (laughs) you tell them, you're like, fuck this. Don't don't gas over me. I went home. Yeah. Kiss my ass. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I started swimming. Oh, yeah. I saw, like, one of your, like, Instagram photos. Like, it was taken out of a pool. Yeah. Um, it, I, I actually find swimming to be... It's still terrifying to me. Like, like literally... So, I'm trying... My goal is to, like... I'm now swimming in the big pool. Yay. But the pool... <laughs> the, adult, the part the I... The adult pool? <laughs> the adult pool. The thing about Hong Kong, which is... It's really... It's, like, laughably Hong Kong. But right now, it works in my favor. So, even if the pool... So, I'm, I'm swimming, obviously, in a lane with by the wall but the thing is it's like so at the pool here even if it's like the deepest part of the pool if you go towards the wall they built a little ledge mm-hmm. so you can always stand and um actually now this is probably hindering my progress because i just feel like i'm just gonna stand here you know? <laughs> but um yeah it's still like i was swimming yesterday and it's like wow i did not find swimming enjoyable at all like i've asked people like what do you think what's going in your head when you're like what's going on in your mind when you're swimming and they're like i don't think about anything you know i love swimming i just feel so relaxed it's like they make it sound so zen and meditative and stuff and i'm like i'm the opposite i'm just thinking about everything and how to die yeah like i'm literally like i'll drink in some water and i'm like oh my god i have to stop i'm gonna die right now so i have to stop and I'm always, like, coughing and just, like, <laughs> and I'm, like, so I think, actually, I'm pushing myself to swim twice a week because I feel like, for me, it's just lack of exposure. So I'm, like, if I just swim enough, one day this can't be uncomfortable, you know? Like, one day, if obviously, if I drown, that's it. But one day, if I haven't drowned by then, like, it should, at one point, it should click and I should feel at ease or something. So I don't know how long it'll either, take. But. So either you'll get comfortable swimming or you'll drown. But no, yes. matter, no matter what, whatever direction it goes between those two, swimming won't stress you out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But that's why I'm, like, trying to just do it more because it's just, like, because a lot of times it's, I, I mean, I don't swim, right? I mean, I swim okay. I think that my positioning or whatever is fine. It's just, like, I don't, I'm so concerned with, 
drowning or like not taking enough air like because i feel like if the longer i put my face in the water it's like oh my god that's just more time to drown you know (laughs) so i actually end up swimming really fast and so i'm kind of sprinting a little bit and i think because of that i tire out more so then i lose oxygen so then i have to like so then i do feel like oh my god i am gonna i'm setting myself to drown you know so then that's why i keep stopping so because a i'm panicked and also i'm really tired because i just I can't swim slowly. I can't like swim all slow and relax. Like I kind of, yeah, because I think I'm going to die. So sad. You know what used to scare me about pools when I was a little boy? What? You know, um. Poop. No, no, no. You know, um, because they had a special, I, I remember as like a t- five, ten year old, I watched this special with my parents. It was a 2020 with Barbara Walters, Bar- Barbara Walters special. And it was, you know how like those chlorine filters at the bottom of the pool? The blue things? You know, yeah, they're kind of, I think they're blue things, but you know, they're at the bottom of the pool, like bubbles come out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they were telling the stories of how, like, they broke and they went reverse, and they would, like, pull people in, and, like, the the power of it's so strong, it would suck people in, and they would drown. Okay, like, I didn't even know this. And, like, they were telling the story (laughs) of, like, this little boy that he got, like, sucked in, like, it sucked him in, like, ass first. And it started, like, from his asshole, it started, like, pulling out his guts and everything. And, like, the, the parents said they saw, like, his intestines and shit floating out of the water. And, like, he was, like, trying to reach out. And he, but was, they couldn't even pull him out of the water because it was just too powerful. And I remember, like, swimming in pools for, like, maybe at least 10 years later. I was just terrified of that. And, like, every time I would swim near the filter thing and I would feel the bubbles, I would freak out. And I would, like, swim to the top as soon as I can. And that was, like... One of my greatest fears growing up, beyond that dream I had of the Virgin Mary statues chasing me. Okay, so first of all, because when you talk about pool filters, I did not think of that. I thought of those little bobbly things that float on the pool. I didn't even know pools had those things. Now you've given me another reason to be afraid. That was the most disgusting and disturbing story I've heard. Well, you've probably never noticed them because you don't like swimming underwater, so you probably never even bothered to like swim to the bottom of the pool before. Right? I've never, no, yeah, I've never done that, which, nor will I do that which, anymore. You know, which is all I like to do because I like swimming underwater with like, you know, goggles on and everything. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's 2015 that that doesn't happen anymore. And I think at, at some point I must have just forgot about that fear because I, I literally have not thought about it since, since right now, since you're, we're ta- you were talking about like swimming fears and it just came to mind. But I'm that, very disturbed that, right now. That was a disturbed story. Fuck. Yes, I feel what? really just—I don't know what to do. I'm why would very tw- why would they upset. even talk about that on TV? It's like I don't. Need why to would know. they talk about it on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, but I remember that was like my biggest fear. Fuck, 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 Barbara Walters. Man, I just messed up. <laughs> I I don't. I feel like it's a fake story. No, it's fake. It was 2020. I mean, that. Was I don't like, care. It's a fake story. You can refuse to believe it. It's fake. It's didn't happen um well next week is the daylight savings and um it's gonna start getting dark earlier so i definitely want to try to go to the beach um at least one afternoon next week before it's, it's like nighttime for like the rest of the year yes so, so i'm hoping to go swimming at least once next week too so yeah you won't get sucked into um chlorine the, 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 if the tide sucks me up at least it'll like it'll keep my like you know, organs like, intact. Yeah, I won't like <laughs> suck everything out from my asshole. Oh my gosh, it's disgusting. Okay, on that note, I gotta go. Yeah, we are out. Eat my hour. lunch and eat my lunch. <laughs>
All right, folks, this has been Mutually Awkward, episode 42. Um, it's gonna, I guess it's going to be called Semi-Straight Edge. Uh, send your questions or general things to talk about at twomutuallyawkward at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Tumblr and Plenty of Fish and OkCupid and Tinder and all that. Yes. Yeah. All right. Stay awkward.